The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. This show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1975, Part 3, Rock and Roll. In this episode, we will cover February 17th through February 28th. John Lennon, my friend, Scott Mooney. We have turned the album over to side two. A lot of these things you've completed... Some you did uh, with Phil Spector, um, but you have, I see by getting the sneak preview ahead of our listeners, that uh, you really, there, there are so many records here that I remember the very first time getting a little 45 on and Me too. playing and so forth and listening to and loving. And, uh, we discussed Little Richard before. There's no question about Little Richard. He's a one-of-a-kind type artist. He... Uh, and his flamboyancy and his uh, vive la différence on stage, plus the selection of his material. Also a great influence on James Brown and Otis Redding. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they admitted it. Admitted it. Is this your favorite of all the Little Richard things? Uh, I, could, I, you know, I could never pick a favorite. I guess you know? not. I no. mean, this was the f- the first time I heard Little Richard. A friend bought it. He he'd got it, Im- it imported from Holland because it, it came out in Europe first. The A side was Long Tall Sally, and this was the B side in England, Slipping in a Sliding. I also liked Buddy Holly's version, but I did Ala Richard's version, although it's not quite the same, of course, because I ain't the great man. <laughs>
we are. Yes, As a matter of fact, we're into the second song on uh, side, side two, two at this moment, and John has has been doing a beautiful job, including commercials. <laughs> it's no, great. No, I like <laughs> I'm going like to keep him here. Going to keep him here. Yeah, sure. I like him. I like him. Yeah. Especially record shop commercials. Yes, as a matter of fact, we've told everybody the album will be available sometime at the end of the week or at the latest early next week, depending on what neighborhood they're in. So it is an excellent album. You want to, uh, while Allison is here and uh, while Pete Fornatel is here and Dennis and everybody, you want to do an introduction for the second song? Yeah, the next one on side two is the great Buddy Holly's Peggy Sue. And uh, what a cosmic joke. Uh, Paul McCartney has bought the catalogue of the late great Buddy Holly, which is one of the best buys that one could make in this business. And uh, I wasn't sure if he had this song or not. But uh, so he'll be making more out of this than I will. And this is virtually as Buddy Holly did it. In fact, when I was doing it, I did Deja Vu, you know. It came back to me. I didn't even have to read the words, which I did on most of them. And this I was singing around when I was 16 or something. And it's virtually how Buddy did it, but not quite as good, but it'll do. Okay, here it is. Peggy Sue. Just making a date with Allison. <laughs> the album that John has that uh, we're previewing and premiering for you will be available late this weekend or early next week at your favorite record shop. It's called Rock and Roll, John Lennon, and that's exactly what it is. We've gotten into slide, uh, slipping and sliding inside too, and Peggy Sue. Now comes to an old friend, Sam Cooke, who yeah. uh, was so original and uh, was really unique in his own way, and again was. Uh, one of the tragedies with uh, Buddy Holly and uh, J.P. Richardson, known as the Big Bopper, and uh, 
all fairly close in time, although Sam was after that. And of course, he's related Bobby to Muhammad Ali, isn't he? Sam? Sam yeah. I didn't know He's that. Second cousin or something to Muhammad. No, Ali. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know that. See that? Yes. There's an expression. Right. Uh, I did not know that. I yeah. know that uh, uh, Sam had uh, his starts on specialty, uh -huh. which was where Larry Williams and Little Richard yeah, originated. Yeah, all the great. Philadelphia label. In uh, Philadelphia, New York, and everywhere else they expanded. But for a small indie, much like Chess, who had uh, Chuck Berry and so forth, they did extremely well. There were some early pioneers, the early days of Atlantic, and those record labels gave a lot of artists a chance to really get it on. In the Hall of Fame, of course, Sam Cooke is there, and silly things that happen in our everyday lives are, that end up being tragedies, as was the case with Sam Cooke. And actually, uh, the true story was that Sam Cooke's body was in uh, the Los Angeles morgue for a great number of hours until a young cub reporter for the newspaper who happened to be young enough to be listening to rock and roll uh -huh. and rock and roll fans said sam cook there's wow. a singer an artist named sam cook i wonder if this black body could be that person and wow. he bothered to check uh, sam's body had been in the morgue for a long time he was uh, to quote well it was just another unknown black from yeah. one of the bad neighborhoods i didn't know that yes true story amazing and then of course the headlines broke that it was the sam cook who had been ripped off. The entire story was, uh, was a, a bad story in that uh, Sam had gone to a motel with uh, one of the ladies of leisure and... Uh, he was cooking. Uh, no, he was through cooking and uh, she took his clothes so that uh, he couldn't do anything about it and his oh. money. Oh, and wow. uh, Sam went in shorts over to uh, the office and uh, the office was closed and locked and he was pounding on the door and someone thought he was a burglar and let him have a shotgun blast. Wow. The owner of the motel. That's a bit like the King Curtis story. Yeah, it's real tragic. Real, yeah. real tragic. It was a whole uh, series of silly errors uh, that are everyday occurrences, rip-offs and, uh, you know, there are those things that happen to you every day in a bar or restaurant or yeah. somewhere where someone's always trying to beat you out of something. A flim-flam thing, and it's what it was, but it turned out quite tragic and mistaken for someone breaking in, and all he was trying to do was uh, get like some clothes and go home. Two cops that shot each other or something. Yes. <clears throat> tragic like errors those, and so you know? forth. But Sam, uh, Sam's music, too, much like Buddy Holly, was not dated. Yeah, it doesn't date. Yesterday I did a Sam Cooke thing yeah. from the Rod Stewart album and then back to a couple of Sam's yeah. original yeah. things. And Did you have a particular reason in mind to... Uh, yeah, I, this is really a, a song, one of my all-time favorite songs. And uh, I always was going to do it but didn't do it. We always jammed it in between tracks or whatever. And... I almost didn't release it on this album because I know that Rod had just done it and J Dave Mason had done it. Yes, Dave. But I've been so keen on the song so long and I'd been putting it off for so many years that I thought, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I love it, man. And uh, I actually liked the Carla Thomas version of Bring It On Home to Me better. And that might have been because that I got that version first in Liverpool. It was a long wait to get tracks. And it's a very rare record. I can hardly find it now. I... I I have it in the house somewhere, and we lost it the other day when I was getting the words from it. This one segues into Little Richard's Send Me Some Loving, uh, which was also sung rather well by Buddy Holly. Send Me Some Loving. A lot of people did it. So this is like a medley, two in one. Is that Lloyd Price uh, wrote that? L. Yeah, Price? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the one. The How great Lloyd Price, right? They're all there, aren't they? Okay. Yeah, there's too many of them. 
Excellent. Uh, Thank you. Goodbye to send me some loving. There is not a uh, there's not a bad song yet. I mean uh, the the arrangement which you've done from John Lennon's heart into all your old favorites of things you like to do and uh, just having so much fun. Well, somebody heard it and said, "Oh, he's doing it for real." You know, I don't know whether they expected me to camp it up or something, but you know that that's the music that brought me from the provinces of England to the world and finally to America, New York and uh, I'll never forget it I mean that's what made me what I am whatever it is I am and it brought a lot of English musicians out of their, you know I don't know where we'd have been without rock and roll and well, uh, I really love it you know, they've been saying rock will die or it'll never last ever since I ever heard about it and it's always written in the papers as it's dying it's this, it's that and uh, people are so busy writing about it, they're not listening to it. Well, I've been playing it and into it for so many years now, and have been denying back to the first days, and this is when uh, the station I worked for at the time was bold enough for its white audience to play black artists. And I mean by that, uh, I'm going back to the Clovers. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, What was that one about a dream? Um, Dreamweaver. Oh, well, the Clovers. Oh, no, that was the Dream Weavers. That was another No, the Clovers this, were... Uh, that was big song. The Clovers and, jo and, and Joe Turner and uh, oh, yeah. some of the early stuff. Lipstick, powder, and paint. It was so good. And instead of playing the commercial covers that had been made by uh, some other people, like Pat Boone uh, oh, yeah. uh, would do the <laughs> thing, uh, and then somebody song. else would do another one of Ivory Tower, Otis Williams and the Charms had yeah. the original. They would take these, uh, the ethnic records, as they were called then, and make a commercial copy yeah. for the mass audience. But, but it also helped introduce it, you see, because sure. there was, was quite a time before I realized that uh, uh, Money Honey, say, by Elvis, was originally Clyde McFatter, or maybe yeah. there was an even more original one, I don't know. No, no. And many of that, and Elvis's Lordy Miss Claudie, the pre-army, I call it, you know, Presley's pre-army material was very black. And uh, that helped, although I'd been listening to people like Lead Belly and blues singers, I hadn't really realized that a lot of the songs the early white rockers were doing were were black music and they introduced me to a, a whole field of music that I wasn't really aware of. I was trying to think and I did. I thought of her name, Gail Storm. Oh yeah, she, uh, Dave Pat, Edmonds made a great hit of hers. Right. Of hers about two years back. And Pat Boone. I hear you knocking. That's right, and, but you see the yeah. original was a black record of uh -huh. all those hits that Pat had, or yeah. a lot of them, and a lot of them that Gail Storm and, and uh, a whole bunch of groups and everything, and they would uh, hear this excellent record and pop, pop it a little, yeah. you know, and uh, take away the uh, the real earthy feeling. That's why not, even so. today, uh, I think if Ray Charles uh, were to tell you who his influence was, it would probably be Big Joe Turner. Yeah. Uh, you know, let her roll. Well, that's what prevented me doing a lot of these things uh, earlier, was I had such respect for the original versions, I wouldn't dare touch them, but I thought, well... Time's going on, boy. You better do it now or never. Money, honey was Clyde McFadder, and honey yeah. hush, let her roll like a big wheel in the. Oh, I remember honey hush, honey hush by uh, Johnny Burnett trio and when he was a sort of Elvis. He had taken that yeah. as a Joe Turner thing, yeah, as a Joe yeah. Turner thing. There he got, boy. Those are well, we're going back now, aren't we? Revealing our spread. John Lennon is here, and we are reminiscing as he has done in his new album, Rock and Roll. Uh, which will be available to the public late this weekend or the first part of next week. Uh, these have been done, each one of the recordings, variously from October of 73 to October of this past year. 
getting together at various places with various people, sometimes as many as 28 musicians, right? Yeah, in the 73 sessions with Phil Spector, we'd have 23 or 28 musicians at once, some of them out of their minds and some of them not. <laughs> and... Uh, there's a great many names on which I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. It'll be on the inside sleeve of the album, which we don't have with us, and it was enough just remembering who was there to well, get it down on paper, never mind who played what. So we just listed them all, and there's some of the all-time great names of, of rock that are still around on the musician scene, you know, from Leon to... Leon Russell, who apparently oh, played the piano under Do Ron Ron on the early Spectre records. You know, I mean, I learned a lot just hearing from these musicians. I didn't know they'd been playing so long. You know. Also, you covered a lot of ground and territory since you started this project because uh, you did an album in between. Yeah, I had walls and bridges out in between this because this sort of collapsed, <laughs> as it were, and uh, I, I then I started on Walls and Bridges, and then I came out of Walls and Bridges and decided to finish this off while I was still on a groove and had the musicians around, so I virtually went right back in and finished this album off. And You are an excellent host, and uh, we appreciate, too, your uh, commercial venture. Oh, you I, like to, uh, yeah. You've already passed your audition and you're hired, oh, you. so just feel free at ease to do a commercial uh, on WNEWFM. Should we do our Capital Theatre Passaic Why not? Why, Why not? not? John will appreciate it. Okay. John Share presents at the Capital Theatre in Passaic, February the 14th, Linrid Skinrid and the Eric Burden Band on February 21st. Queen and special guest star Argent and Kansas on February 22nd. Billy Joel with special guest Melissa Manchester and on March 1st, Straubs. Tickets are available now at the Capitol Theatre box, off, box office. Excuse me. Call 201-778-2888 and all Ticketron outlets. Do that. John Lennon's new album is rock and roll and uh, with a great cover and inside more than greatness because uh, those of you who have been with us know the things that we've done like Bebop Alula and Stand By Me, Ready Teddy and Rip It Up and You Can't Catch Me, Ain't That a Shame, Do You Want to Dance, Sweet Little Sixteen, Slipping and a Sliding and a Peeping and a Hiding and Peggy Sue, Bring It On Home to Me and Send Me Some Lovin' and uh, it goes on. It does go on, yeah. We already mentioned the next artist, actually, in passing, uh, which is Larry Williams, mm. who was sort of a la Little Richard. He came after Little Richard, and it, it, I sang a lot of his songs. I did some with the Beatles, Dizzy Miss Lizzie, uh, Bad Boy, and it, it was easier to do Larry Williams than Little Richard when you were doing it in the dance halls. He didn't have such a identifiable voice as Richard, and I found it easier. But he also had some great great songs and this is one of them called Boney Maroney
missing. Oh, yeah, Ringo fainting. Yes, uh, the first time you came to America in this huge flurry of activity and everything, and uh, uh, emerging from the triumph in Britain and all, and you're tired and uh, confused and, uh, and taken excited. back by awe <laughs> and excited yeah. and all, and the difference in each one of you now versus that time ten years ago. Over that is just amazing to me because uh, I remember we were in the hotel room with you and uh, the confusion outside. And I do also remember that John Lennon was the one who did have the nerve to sneak out of the hotel. <laughs> you went in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> right. You were always the guy, Willie, and you went around and hit a number of clubs and uh, snuck out a little and everybody else was afraid to... Uh, yeah, I think I went with Paul, you know. Yes. Yeah. But I remember uh, discussing in the room, what would I do? Yeah. How can I go out of here and not look like John Lennon? <laughs> yeah, it was the nose that was always the yes. giveaway. Whatever I did, it was the nose. I'd take the glasses. I mean, I didn't have the glasses. They weren't known those days anyway. But uh, I couldn't... You know, I could stuff cotton wool up it like Brando did for his cheeks, you know. But then you couldn't breathe, you see, so... If I had to put a beard or whatever it was this nose that got me into trouble. <laughs> that was always the case. The uh, Guy Pilart, uh book of oh, art yeah. of rock, uh, you know, uh, Rock Dreams, has uh, on its cover, the British and European version, uh, you are on the cover in the American version of the book, which is out now. A fifth person was added to that. David cover. Bowie. David yeah. Bowie. Yeah. He's a good uh, lad. Not It was not in the European one, and I noticed immediately when the American copies came out, because I had the original one from Europe uh, with you and Elvis. Yeah, I've got that. <laughs> Me and Elvis, a dream come true. Yeah, the, uh, it's, it's really a striking cover in the hamburger joint and back to the 60s on, and I'm thinking about yeah. that picture yeah. as such with this album. Yeah, I, I took the cover off the English version and put it on the wall, because I'd like to have the one with David on, Bowie, actually, but the English cover was larger. You know, the, the American cover, they made it a smaller picture. The whole yes, thing, they did. Which I think was stupid. You know? The English cover was a large, it took up the whole cover. Front and back. So I just ripped it off and framed it, because I couldn't get hold of the original paintings. But I got hold of one of the original paintings, which is the one he did of Beatles in Hamburg, which yes, are from the same good. photographs or period of the, by the same people that took the one on the of cover this of this album so it's all coming out it all comes out in the wash as they say so it's uh, the cover of this my album here is not is you can see the similarity between the covers of the uh, people art pictures in hamburg yeah, he has people not quite as well known here that were better known in britain and cliff uh, richards marty right. wilde and uh, the ones that never made it over here i was surprised that elton john wasn't in the book apparently the first picture he did of this series of rock and roll he did of elton john and maybe it wasn't as good as the others, you know, maybe because it was the first one he tried. I was rather surprised. The weather is... It is different, isn't it? Our first major snowstorm in four years. I love it. Uh, did you make any snowballs or anything? Uh, no, I've, uh, I'm not, I don't love it that much, but I, I like to see it falling, you know, and it, it was not a nice surprise to wake up and see it. I think the greatest thing about uh, snow, of course, is kids, you know. So you think back when you were youth, that now yeah. you can get out and do your snowman if you're that size, or you can skate, or you can sled, or you can ski, or anything, and... Uh, outside sports just, uh, versus indoor. I know, like the, the pretty picture bit, you know? Look out the window and it's like a Christmas card. Eh? Yeah, we took care of a lot of business there, John. Yeah, uh, when it comes to picking your nose. Yes, they all know. Everybody knows. Rock and roll. Just it's a, cute to an exciting album because I really like that. Thanks. Bringing back a lot of things in your style. and uh, I uh, 
have a lot of uh, confidence that this is going to be a much talked about and very successful album. Enough so that you might sit back and say, you know what, now all those other things that I also like, maybe I'll do uh, John Lennon's Rock and Roll too. of my things that I like and that everybody else liked and that we all grew up with and lived with and enjoyed and learned from. Yeah, it was hard to stop. <laughs> it was really hard to stop at one point. There's so many great songs, you know, and they all, most of them I sang when I was 15, 16. And uh, they just come back to you when you start doing them again. Even if you rearrange them, you know, the words or the inflections come back. And it was really deja vu for me. Just, it was yesterday. All your troubles seem so far away. <laughs> that would be a good title <laughs> for a song. A song title hit me. Someone said, I like it like that. Oh, remember and that? And I yeah. said, the name of the place is I like it like yeah. that. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, that's the name I of the like it like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who <laughs> did it. Come on, let me show you where Joe who? Somebody, Joe Jones, somebody shot yeah. through the window there. Irwin from Come on, let Capital. me show you where it's at. Come on. Yeah, Come that's on. the one, yeah. I like this it like the, that. There's so many of them that you could go on doing oldies forever. I know, I know. I mean, and they keep creating oldies, so I mean, you could, it's a whole business. What about it? Yaya? Where did, that, where did that one come from? Well, uh, it came from... Uh, what? Uh, I, his name's almost gone. I, I know about the song, and everybody remembers oh. Yaya. Uh, I did a joke version with my son Julian on Walls and Bridges. Uh, uh, wow, Lee Dorsey, Lee Dorsey, Lee Dorsey. Where am I going? Lee, the great Lee Dorsey and uh, the person that Paul's working with now. I mean, but why did you select it? Was it really that close? You really loved it? I, I, like liked, funky? I liked Lee Dorsey. Uh, there are other tracks I preferred, but... Or, I just knew Yaya, you know, it was so easy. It's one that whenever you'd sit down to jam, everybody could just fall into sitting in the la-la, wait for the Yaya. I know the Stones did it, too. My version sounds like a tea dance, a friend of mine said. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the English version, a tea dance version of Yaya. But if I ever do another version, another uh, Lee Dorsey track, I know which one it is. I'm not going to say it because people are going to cover it right away, but there's some great ones. Alan Toussaint, that great artist oh, that yeah. Paul McCartney is now working with in New Orleans. So that shows us something. Yeah, yeah there's something down there. cooking down there. Mm -hmm. I hope I haven't blown your cover, Paul, but it'll be, that you'll be gone before anybody gets down there. Okay, yeah, yeah.
Are we on yet? Yeah. Oh, we're getting the coffee, yeah. I just mentioned that there's a... a or, um, I don't know what the exact term is, but there's a weird version of this album you might have seen advertised on TV last weekend, but it went on so quick you wouldn't see it. That is not the album, but that's a legal thing which I can't really go into, but it ain't the album that I produced. It's a sort of, you know, funny version of it, and it, uh, I wouldn't bother with it. Well, while you've been here this afternoon... You've got a lot of insight to the oldies and your new album and so forth. And uh, a lot of reminiscent stories. People who were involved with the various songs and some of the fortunate and unfortunate things that happened to the various artists. Yeah. But uh, you do have some sort of news, I understand, which I'm sure our listeners are not really aware of. Yeah, well, I, I would like really to dedicate this whole album to my very special friend and wife, Yoko, who you might not have heard that I am living with and uh, as as I put it our separation was a failure you're back together again <laughs> we are those two inimitable loonies are back together again and we're very happy and uh, this is like I don't know this next song really when we get to it it really has nothing to do with anything or to do with either of us so I'll dedicate the next song when we get to it but the whole album to her uh, that's my past, and there it goes. When did they get together take place recently? Uh, about a week ago. Oh. Something like that, and uh, it's not really been out. I think a little news came out in England. I don't. I can't remember how it got there. But uh, I'll say it again. Our separation was a failure, and uh, John and Yoko have got, get, got back together in their bag, as it were, together. <laughs> and uh, rock on. I think everyone knows what you mean about in the bag together. Yeah. And uh, I'm certainly delighted if you and Yoko are. And I speak for uh, our audience when I say that, because uh, two people are, are together as much as they want to be and as close as they want to be and as often as they want to be. So this and the album, then, will be uh, for Yoko from John. Ah, remember this? Why, I must have been 13 when this came out. Or was it 40? Or was it 22? I could have been 12, actually. Yeah. 
am I? To hassle you like this. I'm just gonna have to let you go. There's two bases in this. I hope you appreciate it. Just Dr. Winslow Boogie saying goodnight from Record Plant East New York. We hope you had a swell time. Everybody here says hi. Goodbye. Avenue, 
New York City, 10017. Right, right. That's the address. Now, at uh, 2.05, when we started this afternoon, John, we began with side one in the first cut on the album of your new album, which is called Rock and Roll. And there are a lot of people who didn't get to hear it and who just joined us and all that. So, everybody, here's some more of John's new album. title, John Lennon's new album of great oldies. It's taken a couple of years to get together at various sessions and... One way or the other. Available probably late this week or early yeah, next this, week, right? Yeah, uh, the record company told me probably this weekend or the latest Monday, you know, in all your local uh, stores, as they say. Picture of John back from the 60s in a black and white cover with yeah. a little neon sign in color. Yeah, that's a Hamburg picture from 61, 62 in my leather jacket and looking like I don't know what's quite going on yet, and I didn't, that's for sure. I know that you have to go, and I must say the first three hours that we've spent together, my show seems like about 30 minutes, and it has just been a sheer pleasure and a lot a of fun. To and be here. Uh, I, I know that, uh, I know how the listeners feel, because each time this happens, uh, they respond, and I think they're going to respond, too, to help you with the immigration problem. Well, and, thanks uh, to all of them, either intending to or even wishing me well, you know. Good wishes are useful, too. 
I know it is, and uh, I think petitions and letters and so forth that we will forward if you'll mail them to John Lennon, WNEWFM, 565 Fifth Avenue, New York City, 10017. We will see they get into proper hands. Those are your legally uh, voted representatives who are representing us in Washington, our senators and our representatives, and they're the people that can do something for you and at our wish. Well, I thank I thank them all, and I also like to thank you, Scott. I enjoyed it as I as second. I like DJ, and you know, Will you thanks come for back? the exposure. I'll be back. Yes, thanks. And uh, you know, you're always good to me at this station. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks a lot for having me. God bless you, and Yoko and you, too. Yeah, oh yeah. That's Say the it new once news. more with the Yoko. Yeah, John and Yoko are back together again. Our separation was a failure. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> Keep listening. Thank you. On Monday, February 17th, Apple Rush releases the album Rock and Roll. Lennon's Rock and Roll, 14 new tracks on Apple Records and Tapes. You should have been there. The album Rock and Roll is the sixth studio album for Lennon. The album charted at number six in the U.S. and the U.K. markets. John Lennon, meanwhile, ending months of miserable impatience by finally getting out his rock and roll album of rhythmic standards, which he insists started out with a minimum of effort in mind. Well, the rock and roll album, folks, started in 73 after I'd finished Mind Games, and I was really in the middle of that, oh, you know, what's going on, mother, life, hell. So I thought, I know, I'm always in between takes and with the Beatles to it. Always would break into Bebop or Lula or we'd always jam those songs, you know. They're my favorite songs, a lot of them. And I never did them because I admired the original so much I wouldn't dare touch them. But by now people are touched ruining everything, so I thought, why can't I do it? So I thought, I know, who shall I use, you know? I started making an oldies but moldies album with Phil Spector. And then sort of three quarters of the way through it, Phil had a car accident, and so that was shelved. He worked with me on Imagine album, on, uh, there's no real name for it, John Lennon, Plastic on a Band, I call it the Mother Albums, which is the first single album I did. And a few singles, Instant Karma, and whatever else I made at that period. So I'd worked together with him a few times, but I always co-produced with him. But this was an oldies but moldies, and I wanted to be a teenager. So I just said, you know, let's go back as if I've never been in the studio and you do everything and I'll just sing. That's the first time I ever let an album out of my control since the first Beatle albums. I never do it again. And next minute I didn't have the tapes and Phil had a car accident. That's all I heard. I waited eight months in L.A. waiting for him to recover. So then after that I came home to New York and I, I was, by then I'd straightened myself out and I was ready to do Walls and Bridges and I was straight and you know, not, no drink, right? 
And I thought, okay, I'm ready to record. The day before I go in to record, I, I get the tapes back. We finally made a deal, so it had to do with deals as usual. I get the Phil Spector tapes back and decided the best way to finish it was to just go in and finish it. So I did the rest of it by myself. If you have ever wondered who was on the album, we have on guitar and vocals John Lennon, on electric guitar and piano Phil Spector, also on guitar we have Jesse Ed Davis, Peter Jameson, Eddie Matau, Steve Cropper, Art Munson, William Perry, Louis Shelton, Dale Anderson, Larry Carlton, David Cohen, and Jose Feliciano. On piano we have Ken Asher, Jeff Barry, Andy Thomas, Michael Wolford, Michael Lang, Barry Mann, and Michael Melvin. On keyboards we have Mac Rabinac, Michael Amoritan, and Leon Russell. On bass guitar and backing vocals, we have Klaus Foreman. Also on bass guitar, we have Ray Neapolitan, Bob Glob, and Thomas Hensley. On woodwind instruments, we have William Perkins and Robert Hardaway. On saxophone and keyboards, we have Nino Tempo. Also on saxophone, we have Bobby Keys, Joseph Temperley, Frank Vicari, Jim Horn, Claus Johnson, Robert Langinger, Donald Menza, and Gene Ciparino. On tenor sax, we have Dennis Morose. On trumpet, Anthony Terran, Conte Condal, and Chuck Finley. On clarinet, we have Julian Metlock. On horn, Jose Kelson. On drums, we have Jim Keltner, Jim Gordon, Hal Blaine, and Frank Capp. And on percussion, we have Arthur Jenkins, Gary Coleman, Alan Estes, Stephen Foreman, and Terry Gibbs. A total of 53 musicians. This is Dr. Winslow Boogie saying goodnight from Red Atlantic Studio. We hope you had a swell time. Everybody here says hi. Goodbye. And so we say farewell from Record Plant. And something flashed through my mind as I said it. Am I really saying farewell to the business? It wasn't conscious. And it was a long, long time before I did take time out. And I looked at the cover which I'd chosen, which is a picture of me in Hamburg. That's right. First time we got there. And the other famous picture that's around in all the Beatle books is a picture of me on stage with the group before Paul had joined. And I'm in a white jacket in the Hunter Davis book and all of them. That was the day, the first day I sang Bebopalula at a church fate with a band called the Quarrymen. It was the day I met Paul and he was in the audience, a mutual friend had brought him. So I thought, is this some kind of karmic thing? Here I am with this old picture of me in Hamburg from 61 and I'm saying farewell from record plant and I'm ending as I started singing this straight rock and roll stuff because that was really the last record I made, even though it came out at a different order from Walls and Bridges, I think. They came out backwards order because of what Phil had done with the John Dean tapes. The next day, on February 18th, in the Los Angeles Times, critic Robert Hilburn reviewed the rock and roll album. 
calling it one of the finest rock retrospectives ever made by a major contemporary artist. Although John is, and has always been, very cynical of his work and the buying public. I don't think it was particularly well received. I think um, people were more into, because of the way it had been behaving publicly, more, more into... Well, that happened before I went sort of balmy, but people got into the habit of reviewing my lifestyle and not the music, so nobody really listened to it. They just were sort of like, you know, that drunken idiot made a record, ha, 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 you know. So I don't think many people really listened to it without seeing somebody with a tampax on the head, you know. So <laughs> maybe in the future, if they look back on it, it ain't so bad. But I, if I put it on, I enjoy it because I don't have any... If I forget about the way it was made, you just hear it, it ain't so bad. On Wednesday, February 19th, with the rock and roll album in stores and the manufacture and sale of Roots effectively thwarted, Big 7 Music Corp. and Adam 8 sought relief via a summons issue today against John Lennon, Apple Records Inc., Harold Sider, Capitol Records Inc., and EMI Records. The suit was filed in the Supreme Court of the County of New York and listed six complaints. Number one, breach of the October 1974 agreement. Number two, conspiracy to induce breach of the October 1974 agreement. Number three, tortious interference with the October 1974 agreement. Number four, intentional falsehood. Number five, fraud. And number six, unfair competition and conspiracy to prevent plaintiffs from promoting and selling the album successfully. In all, Levy's summonses totaled $71 million, not including interest, court costs, and any further relief that the court deemed proper. Also on that day, journalist Lisa Robinson visited the Dakota to interview John on behalf of the British newspaper, The New Musical Express. During their discussion about his immigration case, John remarked, There seemed to be an awful lot of lawsuits involved with rock and roll. Robinson suggested that Alan Klein was one of the plaintiffs. John replied, Yes, that's about 20. He's suing me and Yoko, and all the ex-Beatles, and everybody that had ever knew them. He's suing me individually, me collectively, any version of me you can get a hold of being sued. But immigration is the important one. The others are all just money. Somehow a deal will be made. Immigration? That's the one. Ask any rock and roll star about lawsuits, and more money there is, the more lawsuits there are. The bigger the artist, the more lawsuits there are. I mean, people sue me for anything. John also touched on his recent changes in his personal life, ecstatically announcing that he was back with Yoko. He says, I am. It's like, and this is no disrespect to anybody else that I was having a relationship with, but I feel like I was running around with me head off, and now I got me head back on. On February 24th in America, RCA Records released the single Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. Though the single makes it to number one in the U.S., it's the B-side that the Beatles fans clamor to buy. Recorded live at Madison Square Garden last year, I saw her standing there as truly a gem for Lennon and Beatle fans alike. Uh, I'd like to 
thank Elton and the boys for having me on tonight. We tried to think of a number to finish off with so that I could get out of here and be sick. And we thought we'd do a number of an old estranged fiancé of mine called Paul. This is one I never sang, it's an old Beatle number, and we just about know it. Also on that day in New Orleans, during the recording of the Wings track appropriately titled Call Me Back Again, John telephones Paul to let him know that due to the many lawsuits that have him tied up legally in New York, he would not be flying down to meet with him. One, two, three, one, two, three.
John later told Melody Maker that he did not meet up with Paul not only due to his legal obligations, but also that he just got back with Yoko and wanted to spend the time with her. On February 25th, McCartney and Wings continued with their recording sessions with this Linda Penn track. So much that she wrote a song about it. The facts in that are kind of true. She mentions a place called the Dew Drop In, or as Americans say, the Dew Drop In, where the joke works better, the American accent. And the Dungeon, which is a place where Denny Lane went down to and got in a fight and some guy bit him in the neck. Of the month, McCartney wrapped up his Venus and Morris sessions and flew to Los Angeles to complete the recordings. Meanwhile, back in New York City, on March 1st at the Eurus Theater located at 222 West 51st Street in Midtown Manhattan, the 17th Annual Grammy Awards takes place. And John and Yoko appear in public together for the first time since the reconciliation. The Grammys was hosted by singer Andy Williams. As the show went on, Williams then announced the presenters of the Record of the Year Award. Partners whom you may have heard of, 
Now they are alone and adrift in the sea of rocky royalties. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Simon and Mr. John Lennon. John. <laughs> I used to play with my partner, Paul. I'm, uh, I'm Paul. I used to play with my partner, Art. I'm Andy. I used to play with my partner, Claudine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this partner of yours, did you two do anything creative? In creative, um, creative, Michael? Well, I guess you could say we came up with three hits. Oh, very good. Yeah. Art and I did that in one day. Oh, you did? Uh, well, we were a little slow. Uh, you know, the music that you fellows wrote, though, uh, really did influence my life. It influenced it quite a bit. As a matter of fact, it helped uh, tell the story of me and my partner. Ah, any songs in particular, Andy? <laughs> well, let's see. It started off, I Wanna Hold Your Hand. And it finished with Bridge Over Troubled Water. True. <laughs> touching, touching. Shall Thank we you. get on with it? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. My God. So this is what Dawn does, is it? Mm. For, uh, for record of the year, Grammys, to artist and producer, the nominees are... Paris Prado, Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Elton John, don't let the sun go down on me. Gus Dudgeon, producer. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah. Roberta Flack for Feel Like Making Love. Roberta Flack, producer. Yeah, yeah. Joni Mitchell for Help Me. Joni Mitchell and uh, Henry Louis Producers. Olivia Newton-John for I Honestly Love You. John for our producer. That's Maria Moldar for Midnight at the Oasis. Lenny Warnaker and Joe Boyd Producers. And the winner is... Exciting. Oh, two Grammys. I honestly love you, Olivia Newton-John. Producer John Farrar. Jolly good, jolly good. Accepting the award for Olivia Newton-John is Art Garfunkel. I thought I told you to wait in the car. Are you ever getting back together again? Are you guys getting back together again? No. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Still writing, Paul? <laughs> 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 
trying my hand at a little acting on it. Where's Linda? <laughs> oh, well, too subtle, that one. All right, are we going to give it in? There you are, my dear. I All accept yours. it on behalf of them. They can't be here, and I'm sure they're very grateful for the uh, honor. Thank He's so you. serious. During the evening, McCartney wins two Grammys for the album Band on the Run. One for the best pop vocal performance by a duo, group, or chorus, and the other for best produced non-commercial recording. The Beatles are also given a special Grammy Hall of Fame award. After the Grammys, John and Yoko invite various guests back to the Dakota apartment for an after-party. Here's Art Garfunkel. It's a noisy day in New York, but there's the Dakota across Central Park on Central Park West. And I have my great memory of John Lennon when I met him that one night with Yoko and David Bowie. And we went back to the Dakota after hanging out. It was the mid-70s. We were coming from some show we mutually did. Are you ever getting back together again? Are you guys getting back together again? No. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? So we go back to John and Yoko's place at the Dakota. Bowie was with us. We come in, John pulls me to the bedroom. Lennon's bedroom, we'd never met each other before. And incredibly disarmingly, he said to me, Artie, you worked with your Paul recently. I'm getting calls from New Orleans that my Paul wants to work with me and I'm thinking about it and I don't know what, how did it go when you worked with Paul? He's measuring his situation the great John Lennon with Paul McCartney, with Paul and Artie, and testing me out, as if to make sure that my ego is fully established as a colleague of his. So now the ball's in my court. I say, John, remember that there was a musical blend that was a great kick. If you can return to the fun of that sound and the musical happenings with your old buddy and ignore the strands of complication and history, what I found with my Paul is the harmony and, and the sound happenings are a full agenda. They'll keep you busy and you'll have fun. Did he seem like he wanted to get back? I thought he did. The subject seemed very straightforward and uncomplicated. It was a musical question. It wasn't a heavy personal question. It really was. A, not many people I can go to to get a, a sense of how did it feel, but I trust you might know my situation. Coming up in a moment... John passes the old gray whistle test. You were singing very much, John. Yeah, I try not to, you know, like I had, you know, your friend here bring me the chocolate olivers. It's little things, you know, yeah. you miss, like black pudding, you know. Cynthia Lennon expresses concerns. We heard that John had gone back to Yoko. Would this be the end of our newfound rapport with John? I was also sad for May, who I imagined must be hurt. Ringo sells plants and starts a new record label. Are you looking for an ideal plan for your home, apartment, office, or just a nice gift? Well, look no further. The Plant Pusher is opened at 4632 Del Amo Boulevard at Anzer Avenue in Torrance. And George has his turn at being a radio DJ. There was this guy, Slim Whitman, who was an American. And Didn't he do a record whispering, or he did a little slide guitar thing? Well, he, yeah, he was like a country singer. Next on Yesterday and Today.
more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts, Yesterday and Today, and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.